Welcome to the Building PA Podcast, the voice of the construction industry throughout Pennsylvania. Here are your co-hosts, Chris Martin and John O'Brien. Hello and welcome to the Building PA Podcast. I am co-host John O'Brien from the Keystone Contractors Association, and I'm coming to you today from the Quandle Studio. Joined as always by fellow co-host, Chris Martin on the left side of the state. Chris, how are we doing? I'm the one with a big L on my head, yes. Hey, John, how you there doing? You go. Uh, this yeah. is Chris yeah. Martin coming from the uh, Stalwart Insurance Group studio in lovely downtown Sewickley. I am uh, president of Atlas Marketing, and we tell stories for people who build things. And we're talking change management, aren't we, John? We are. Last year, back during uh, 2021, we're pretty fortunate, you know, we had some listeners approach us and say, I have an idea for a series. And one of those people that approached us was, you know, a good friend of the podcast, Bob Dresser. Everyone knows him. We don't have to introduce him. Everyone knows Bob. How are we doing, Bob? Excellent. Good seeing you guys again. Yeah, so Bob came to us and Bob said, uh, I have this idea for better project outcomes. And he laid out this outline of all these different topics to hit. And I think this is now topic three or maybe four. I, believe. I think it's four. Four, yeah. four, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking change management, and we have a lot of ground to cover. You know, I know that for sure. So I say we just get right to it, and we start talking change management, and we just start picking Bob's brain just to see where we're going to go with this topic <laughs> and see what's going on here. So, yeah. yeah. So, Bob, welcome once again to the show. It's awesome to have you back. This is, as I mentioned, another episode included in the series, Better Project Outcomes founded and sponsored by Bob Dresser of Strategic, Strategic Executive, Executive Consulting, Consulting right here in Mechanicsburg. Yeah, and I'm in my office in Mechanicsburg, PA. All right, awesome. <laughs> Welcome, Bob. Welcome. So let's get right to it. Let's talk change management here. We're, we're talking, uh, we're going to focus on some, some files, staying organized, communications. Uh, where do you want to start? O- organization, communication? Well, maybe I should start with a Quick overview, if that's okay with you guys, and then we can dive into a few weeds. Uh, This is a huge topic. There's actually curriculum (laughs) around this subject, so we can't do this in 20 minutes. But I just want to say that throughout my career, I have built up, when when I was running construction companies, I built up a huge clientele based on trust and transparency. And I attribute a lot of it as the way we dealt with change management. And I say that change management can be you and your clients and your subcontractor's best friend. The owner usually is lump sum. They have to go back to a board or something like that to get more money, and it's painful. Uh, So we like to respect that position, uh, no matter which seat you're setting in. So being very transparent and timely, like immediate, as soon as you sniff a potential change with your client and engineers or architects or whoever other stakeholders are involved is critical. With that being said, if you want to jump into things as far as like file structures, whatnot, we can do that. Where do you guys want to go? I'd say uh, file structure is probably a good a good start. You know, we could start at the beginning of the project and way to set the foundation for a good smooth process. It is. And, and you know, this is something that in my previous lives, and what I see now, um, not only from a advi- construction advisory perspective, but also in my expert witness role uh, in various forms of litigation where I support contractors usually, is number one, this is going to, some of this stuff's going to sound really basic, fundamental, and silly. There are 
numerous cases or advisory uh, sessions I said where people just don't date things. And that becomes very painful, especially if you do end up in litigation with your change or claims. Also, setting up a real good and consistent uh, file structure around communications to and from the client or subcontractors or even internally. How are you going to deal with email file structures? How are you going to deal with texts, believe it or not? They are admissible. So so uh, all that kind of stuff becomes a burden. So on the front end of a project, uh, set up your file structures. We can help you do that. Thinking of the big picture. And unfortunate happen chance that you end up in mediation, arbitration, whatever. It'll just make everything so much more cost effective and timely and flow much more smoothly. I also recommend that if your relationship with the other stakeholders, and I guess if I'm looking at it from a general contractor point of view with your client and subcontractors, it would be very nice to have some sort of process and procedure as a contractual exhibit, which also would outline some sort of file structure. And that sounds odd. You might say, why would I have the same file structure as my client or my subcontractors or whatnot? They don't have to be identical, but I guess it's it's more so maybe not the numbering systems or, or the actual details, but the philosophy. Because if you're going to communicate well between each other, that would certainly streamline your day-to-day communication and transparency with your with the other stakeholders on your projects. Absolutely. Bob, that's an interesting comment there, because I know on our side with our clients, we get files that we have to kind of decipher as well. How do you encourage your clients to go about coordinating that from the very beginning of a project? Because I would imagine something as simple as naming structure might be a little bit of a a moment of, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) But it's so important to the organizational structure of this. It really is. And it sounds like obvious. It sounds like a nuisance, but getting the discipline I don't know what systems everyone listening uses. Uh, Some are like SharePoint and others like that. So setting a system up early, like right from concept, and hopefully each company has a standard structure already. If not, I encourage you to set one up. So when you start a new project, it's 90% done with minor customization required. The biggest part of any structure like that is culture. Getting people to not just store stuff on their C drive or on their hard drive saying, oh, I'll do this later. And all of a sudden you have 60 or pick a number, however many people are involved, right from the C-suite right down to foreman level doing their work packaging or whatever they're doing on their computers to not have things on their hard drive, but get them on the system, whichever system you use as far as document management goes. It's critical. It takes discipline. It takes culture. It, it, you know, you have to start out with why. Why should I? Why will I benefit? Why will my life be easier because I'm doing this this way instead of the old way? And that's a hard thing to do. I started. I just got done with a client in north of here, setting up a claims management uh, system for them and, and teaching it and implementing it. Just just wrapped up about a month ago, and. That was the hardest thing. And and still to this day, the only thing they ask me to do is go onto their system once a week and provide the discipline for them as a third party. That's interesting. Uh, You know, we have a small team 
here at Atlas, but the the aspect of getting everybody marching to the same beat is a challenge. And I know that's one of the things in, in for us is is efficiency. So c- can you talk about that and the benefit of file organization and those type of things from an efficiency standpoint? Or honestly, have you already said that? And you can just tell me to move on. Well, it depends what aspect, but like put the uh, expert witness stuff aside and just go to actually managing a project. I'm sure you're all familiar. Most of you should be familiar with like Google Docs where you can share a Word document or Excel spreadsheet or whatever the case may be, and you can work live on it. Well, if, if you're on SharePoint with a team system or anything like that or any other system, you're sharing and you become much more collaborative. Um, you become much more efficient. It's just a matter of getting there and people actually realizing that. I, you know, with just a couple hour session, it becomes very evident where the efficiencies are to manage a project. You know, quality assurance is an excellent example. You know, you have a similar document with various sign-offs, whether it's from field engineering or from quality or, or, or actually from the worker themselves that they've done this, this, and this. If you can share those documents instead of having things emailed around and all that kind of stuff, it becomes much more efficient. Absolutely. So, okay, walk me through the beginning process here. Strategic executive consulting gets, gets hired by a general contractor. When you come in and you're explaining the why, are you talking just to the contractor? Are you talking to all the stakeholders or how, how does that work? Well, preferably I'm facilitating a process with and, and forming some alignment with all the stakeholders. Now, this all begins with, um, you know, if you want to talk about the very beginning, I, I need to come in and listen, you know, how, think, how they do things now. They might do this stuff great, you know, so there's no need to go there. Let's go somewhere where they might struggle a little bit. So... Once we understand where they're at, uh, we'll make recommendations and we'll make proposals of how we can help uh, the project come together and start heading a positive direction for greater success than it might have been without. So we're, we're enablers and facilitators, and we, we strictly leverage uh, industry best practices, and, and this would be one area. Is it a, uh, with all the different... Forms out there, you know, you mentioned Google Docs, you got Procore, you yeah. got all these different software platforms. Is that, that to me seems like it would be one of the major hurdles is getting all the stakeholders to get something that can communicate with each other. Yeah, but most of uh, the systems out there can communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. We also have access, uh, some tools that will drive those communications and interactions between different various softwares. So that really is not a big concern as people make it to be, the, you know, via downloading or just getting to the native language of the softwares, they will start talking together quite well in, in 95% of the cases. I'd be shocked okay. if we couldn't make that happen. Okay. I mean, that was part one of a major challenge. Part two is culture. Yeah. You know, you mentioned culture. And <laughs> yeah. That seemed like that could be a, a big mountain in, in some projects. Yeah, yeah. And there are some really good automated systems out there right now, you know, where all this stuff can start during design or even during contract formation, right, in the concept stages. So there are systems out there which work very, very well. But once again, it has a human interface, which really needs the discipline to it. You know, it's interesting to hear you you talking about this because in advance of our discussion, I thought, you know, we're going to talk about change management and change orders and you know, all of the business ramifications. But what is, what's really interesting, just listening to you, Bob, is 
you're, you're talking about two simple things that a company can, can modify, organizing themselves to prepare for those things and communicating. And that all comes back to culture. And I know, you know, previous episodes, we've talked about how much of a driver culture is, but tell us a little bit about how really all of these things tie together to improve a company's change management process. Yeah, well, just envision yourself being the uh, head leader, the president of the company or, or whatever, and you're making decisions based, you know, that, that supports the sustainability and growth of your company around your P&L, right? And you have 20, I don't know, it depends on the company. You have you have anywhere somewhere between two and 30 projects going on, large and small. If you don't have good discipline and good line of sight on your change management and where it's at, and especially if you're the owner, if you're some of these hospital or uh, medical providers that are building all sorts of things all over the place and you're the owner, you need timely, the same information that the contractor has, that your contractors yeah. have. Because you have business decisions to make, maybe not just on that project, but you might need to take from Peter to pay Paul. You, you might need to do all sorts of stuff. You might, you might be thinking of a significant investment to make into your company. And all of a sudden you see, uh-oh, you know, we're in trouble over here because you need to know that stuff. Or you might need to say, hey, these projects are going really well and the client and our team are really well aligned on this change management. I have some confidence. I think I will make some investments into my company. So it's much bigger than the project. And change management, you don't want something coming up from behind that you're not aware of and biting you. And you want to be able to make confident business decisions at the C-suite level. Um, and change can really screw that up or really make it work really well. Yeah, I can see that for sure. I can see it making a, a smooth process, you know, uh, kind of improving the relationships amongst amongst the stakeholders. And and I, I like the comment you made. It's it's bigger than the project. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, sure. so it's you kind of build trust out of this process. Yeah. And, you know, you get some of the youthful uh, project management uh, people a function that, that have a long career ahead of them. It's important that they have that broad, broad line of sight. And they occasionally, hopefully more often than not, can take those blinders on. You do have to stick focus to your project and your client relationships and your project schedule and bottom line, et cetera. But it's, it's good to have that um, broad perspective of company success and your client success. Guess what? If your client's successful, uh, and change management is a key key uh, component to that. You're going to be working for them time and time and time again, which is awesome. Well, Bob, let me ask you this because we are near, nearing the end of our interview here in our discussion. But I, I know that you wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, really the ramification of having a really solid change management process in place. So can you talk a little bit about that and what does it mean? And then the other side of that is, is let's put in a plug here and have everybody visit you at strategicexecutiveconsulting.com. You know, that would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So ramifications, right? You do. Let's just take both extremes. You're not good. You're not keeping proper records. You're not timely in notifying other stakeholders of what's going on out there. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Not just your own project or your own company, but others will all pay a price. Um, you're going to end up arguing. You're going to end up having a lot of painful relationships or losing relationships and future work. 
And if you do end up in litigation, it'll be very much more expensive and, and quite painful when you start camp finding records and you can't put your finger on accurate cost or schedule impacts, uh, things like that. And ultimately, you're, you're going to put yourself at huge risk at that stage of the game. And, you know, conversely to that, I, I don't even think I need to say it, but if you do a really good job, you're going to have great client relationships. Um, most likely, you won't end up in any form of litigation. Things will be approved and identified up front. Everyone will want to work with you again. And the morale you see is, it all just snowballs. Um, you're a, you become a contractor or an employer, depending on where you are in the, as a stakeholder uh, of choice. People want to come work with you. Your morale ends up good. I mean, the whole thing, and I don't think I'm exaggerating. I, I, matter of fact, I know I'm not. The whole thing, you're either a class company or I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> or fill in the blank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we need that, like Howard Stern, like wah, wah, yeah. or something like that. <laughs> we'll have to work yeah, on I mean, that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, my my takeaway from today is kind of you're working towards building trust, you're eliminating surprises, and removing stress on the on the construction projects. Yeah, yeah. Seems like it's a win, win, win all the way around. So, and it's really silly, you know. You get into the the my put on my expert witness hat. And some of the stuff you see, you just scratch your head and you say, why? Why? <laughs> and, you know, that, that's why I love this, because I, I can take those whys and those learnings and bring them right back to the front end of a project to help you all out. And, and I think that is one of the keys that Bob and his team at Strategic Executive Consulting can bring. You know, and, and uh, I, I know we don't want to make the Building PA podcast a sales show, but the expertise that we've been able to hear over multiple episodes from Bob has really been an opportunity to kind of talk a little bit further and hear more and learn, as he said, learn from those mistakes. So thank you for that and for the series. Yeah, I just want to echo that as well. And just thank you, Bob, for your leadership and uh, bringing this series to us. I've I've enjoyed it, and I guess we're halfway through this journey. Yeah, it's a lot so of fun working with you guys. It's my pleasure. Yes. I love sharing anyway. And that's this stage of my career. Yes. I, if I can just help, you know, one or two projects or companies, it, it just makes me feel good. It's just the right thing to do, right? If I could help yeah. help add value to a, a regional industry, being uh, Pennsylvania's uh, construction industry, you talk about feeling really good. It'd, it'd be awesome. So, nice. yeah, give me a, uh, you can. I'll, I'll spout out my phone number. It's not a 717 number. It's actually a Rhode Island number, which is odd, but it's a cell phone number, it's, but it's easiest for me. It's 401-430-9188. And uh, my website link is on the KCI webpage. It's a little bit awkward to say, but it's strategicexecconsult.com. Domains are hard to get. <laughs> yes yes they so, are or you you can google it too if you just spell it all out so. or you can just wait for the email from us and we'll get all the info out to everyone and wow there you go, there you go. And, and linkedin, LinkedIn. <laughs> yes. or you can look in the keystone contractor magazine and click on his ad and go directly to his website that's the easiest way so you Boom. have to subscribe. that just happened awesome <laughs> Excellent, guys. Nice. <laughs> With that, Bob, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, I hope it was lively, and I hope uh, somebody out there in podcast land got something out of it. I think yeah, they do. I'm sure they do. Thanks. 
Thank you for joining the Building PA Podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook and visit buildingpapodcast.com to subscribe to upcoming shows. Thanks for listening.